With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Floor General, you're the leader. Everybody has 100% faith in you uh, to make sure that the mix will execute the best they can down the stretch. And he says he, he failed in that game. I think that he's not wrong. I mean, I, I don't think uh, the way the Knicks executed down the stretch uh, in a game that was right there for the taking. I know they were down, you know, five, six points, but the Heat just weren't scoring at a level until that late stretch where Adebayo and uh, and Lowry started hitting shots. There were plenty of opportunities where the Knicks could have made that uh, a serious one-possession game down the stretch, and they their offense was putrid. And the fact that he was able to get away with playing five-on-four was inexcusable. And, and speaking of, it was obvious within 10 seconds of after Jimmy Butler made the free throw, hobbled back down the floor, hobbled back yeah. up the floor, that he was clearly only being used as a decoy. So if you're worried about Obi's defensive uh, capabilities or lack thereof. Right. Put him on Jimmy Butler. Yeah, all, exactly. all Butler was doing was standing in the corner and, and, <laughs> right. and he was being a decoy. So if you again, if you're worried about Obi defensively, um, yeah, you, you, you mentioned Lowry. I thought he was obviously a, a key to the game. Um, something you didn't expect going in. Um, yeah. How about the fact that Miami's Villanova guy, Kyle Lowry, yeah. outscored the Knicks Nova bros, Brunson and Hart in the fourth quarter combined. And Lowry had nine. Uh, Hart and Brunson had four piece. Um, so that that just kind of shows you that that it was. Uh, also, Kyle Lowry had four blocks in game one. The Knicks team yeah. combined had four blocks. It was a weird game on a lot of different fronts. Um it was the first time Lowry had played more than 27 minutes. Just the second time Lowry had played more than 20 minutes since January. Um, so you certainly don't expect that game from him. Only a day off. Um, you know, looking ahead towards game two, you know, can he keep that up? Probably not. But again, it what the, the, to your point, the frustrating thing is the Knicks let a winnable game slip away because the, right. the, 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 the he didn't play their A game. Obviously, didn't have Jimmy right. You, did, you didn't have this superhuman Jimmy Butler game that we've been seeing over the last few uh, few games. Exactly. He's a guy that averaged 40 points a game, nearly 40 points a game, uh, you know, was uh, yeah. 37.6, shooting 60% from the floor against Milwaukee. Um, you know, had a decent, solid game, 25 points, 11 rebounds. Um, but again, he didn't explode. Um, Duncan Robinson was 0-5 from three. Um, you know, they, they, Caleb Martin didn't kill you. Um, it, it was the point guard play um, that, that you know, Gabe Vincent and, and Kyle Lowry, you know, kind of exposed uh, the Knicks. And, and, you know, that was their kind of game plan was we're not going to let Jimmy Butler beat us. We're going to collapse the defense um, and make these other guys shoot three pointers. Um, so, again, will Kyle Lowry come crashing back down to earth? Probably. We saw how, how poorly he played during the regular season. Looks a little bit healthier now. They obviously managed his minutes. Um, but yeah. 
that's the thing about the C team is one night it could be Caleb Martin has a big game and then Kevin Love might hit four threes and uh, Duncan Robinson's going to hit yeah. four threes in a game at some point in the series. I, um, I think Kevin Love deserves uh, a lot of props too. I thought he changed the game in, in, in the third quarter. Um, he had those long outlet passes. Uh, he had a he had a three. Like he, he only had nine points, but I, I don't know what his plus minus was, but I, I thought he changed the entire game with that little stretch he had in the third. That third quarter changed the game, and he was a key factor in that third quarter. I know Aaron Rodgers was in the building, but he threw some beautiful touchdown passes um, time and again. And uh, you, you know, now we know why Obi's a, a power forward and not a not a deep not a defensive back. Um, he had a <laughs> oh, yeah, no, yeah, tip yeah. off his hands. Nick Scott had to do a better job with floor, floor balance. Um, but to 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 your point and to Love's credit, those those passes had to be perfect in order to find. Yeah. Um, their recipient on the other end of the floor. Most of the time it was Butler leaking out. Um, so yeah, there was there was there's a lot there. And you know, and the other takeaway I think from game one, um, we wrote about it this morning was the Knicks had a big advantage against Cleveland, particularly in the games at the garden, in terms of poise, presence. Yeah. Cavs were shook, you know, clearly. Yeah. You know, yeah. Starting in the first quarter of game three. They never were settled. The crowd got into their ear. The Knicks' physicality, you know, from from that standpoint, from game one, carried it through game five. Um, they just – and rarely do, does a player admit it. Jaron Allen admitted it. The, bright, the right. lights were too bright. This this Heat team, you're not going to get that. Um, yeah. Grizzled veterans, you know, competitive, um, you know, just work guys that work hard. They've been through the system. They've, you know, they've had their ups and downs. Um, keep in mind, game four against – uh, um, uh, Milwaukee in Miami. Heat are down 16 points in the fourth quarter. Come back and win. Game five in Milwaukee in a closeout game, an elimination game against the desperate Bucks team. Uh, their yeah. season on the line, the number one seed. Bucks are up 15. Heat come back and win. So we should not have been surprised. Heat fall down 12 early on. They're not going to all of a sudden go, oh my God. But what they're, you know, Kyle Lowry yeah. comes to the game. Jimmy Butler's yeah. going to get his buckets. They're not going to panic. Spo's going to make some in game adjustments, get them some easy looks. Um, and, and that's what happened. So I thought that was uh, important to point out just from that uh, from, from that perspective. This is not the Cavs team that uh, that, that looked soft last, last round. Absolutely. Heat, uh, grizzled veterans team with a lot of uh, maybe not championship medal, though. You have Kyle Lowry. He's won a championship. Of course, Spolster won a championship. And uh, assistant coach slash player, Udonis Haslam, <laughs> won a championship. Some of the other guys, Kevin Love. So there is there is some – now I'm kind of racking them off now. There is some championship pedigree there. Um, but definitely guys who have been in the playoffs, been deep in the playoffs. Yep. We talk about Butler, Bam Adebayo, Duncan Robson. These guys who are not going to be afraid of these moments. And they showed it in game one. So Heat win, game one. We now move on to game two. The Knicks will look to even the series on Tuesday at Madison Square Garden. The Knicks will be facing a Heat team that is further shorthanded, as we mentioned. Butler, he did not hold a post-game press conference after the game. He only had the comments to Cassidy Hubbard after the game in the post-game interview where she asked him, how's the ankle feeling? He said, quote, like a rolled ankle. So he was not moving well leaving the court. People were in the locker room said he wasn't really moving well in the locker room. So we'll see what his status is for game two. Eric Spolster said that he will have a better idea today as we record on Monday uh, whether or not Butler will be a go for game two or what he'll be beyond game two. Uh, meanwhile, all eyes now on Julius Randle. Uh, I think that there were parts in that game where it felt like Randle was missed and he did work out in game one uh, but did not suit up, obviously. He was said to not look that great in the warm-ups that he did do. So well, Randle got shots up, wasn't able to play. So as we hit to game two, 730 
on Tuesday, the two two of the biggest stars in the series, two of the top four players in this series, both now have injured ankles, one trying to recover, the other just happening and now trying to see if he can play through it. If this, this You don't usually do this, but I want to kind of put you in the Heat's perspective, uh, Tommy. Um, you're coming in, you're up 1-0. You have now home court advantage. Jimmy Butler has this ankle injury that we know is something. It's not nothing, clearly. Do you rest Jimmy Butler in game two? Regardless, because you know Jimmy's going to want to play. That that's, goes to my question. Do you rest Butler in game two and say, hey, we got till Saturday to play the next game. We'll get you right then. Or do you try to get him to go in game two and say, hey, we win game two, then the series is essentially over, and we can just try to get one game in Miami and we'll be fine. Yeah, I, I'm I'm sitting Jimmy Butler, and, and that's what I expect them to do. Um, mm. You know, you know Butler's going to want to play, um, but there were multiple reports that his ankle swelled up, you know, size of a baseball, and um, you know we'll see. Um, you know they'll they'll pregame it. They'll probably list him as questionable, maybe doubtful, yeah. and bump him up to questionable. Um, I would be surprised if if Butler played. Um, to, and again, like you said, they won game. You want to come in and steal one of the first two games uh, in the Garden. Um, you got one in your pocket. Um, you know, uh, th- there's a lot of things that, that factor into this only one day of rest between games one and two, and then you have the three full days off between games three and four. Um, so I, I really think it behooves Miami to kind of think big picture here. Um, yes, you love the idea of putting a stranglehold on the series and, and winning two games in New York. Um, but I like the idea better of having a healthy Jimmy Butler, because let's be honest, um, you're only going to go as far as Jimmy Butler takes you. And now, if you're the Heat and you're and you know Spolster and Riley are looking at the rest of the Eastern Conference and saying, "Hmm," and Bead's not going to play Monday. Celtics mm-hmm. looked terrible in games four and five. Couldn't close out a, a bad Hawks team. Um, yep. You know who knows? And uh, Bead's LCL. Who knows if he comes back for game two? Does he re-injure it in game three when he returns? Yeah. A lot of question marks there. Um, the Heat are thinking now. There's a path to the NBA Finals that yep. that has opened up for us. Um, they're not the favorites. They're not looking past the Knicks. They're not looking past the Celtics. It would be a really tough matchup. And B can still average 35 and 14 in the series. Um, yep. We've seen him play through injuries before. All that being said, heat up 1-0, second round of the playoffs. Um, rest of the conference shaky. They already got the number one seed out of there. Um, you know, we've seen injuries kind of wreak havoc throughout these, these NBA playoffs, the Clippers and, um, you know, suspensions and guys, big stars missing games. Um, they Randall not playing who knows if he comes back in game two, if, when he, if, and when he comes back, is he healthy? Um, so, you know, they have to like their chances now in, in the series. They, they wrestled home court advantage away. So again, thinking big picture, even if Butler's 80%, you know, normally if this was a game seven, I'd say, you know, listen, you put him out there. If you can't right. go, you them yeah. minutes. all, all that big picture stuff considered, um, is it possible he wakes up tomorrow, swelling subsides, and he's like 85% of himself, and he says, hey, let's give it a go. I'm not, doctors say they're not going to make it worse. Just, you know, um, even if he does tweak it, you know, you still have three more days off. This is real, you know, playoff games, you can't take them for granted. Butler says, listen, you're not keeping me out. I could see it happen, and I, w- I, w- I definitely won't rule it out. Um, but again, I, my assumption, we don't see Jimmy Butler play. Um, on the flip side of the coin, the Knicks don't have that luxury. So I do think yeah. we see Randall yeah. return to the lineup, and then we'll figure that out as it goes along. But um, uh, your thoughts, do you think Butler plays Tuesday night? Yeah, and uh, real quick before I answer that, um, Spolcher today said that there actually, as we report on Monday, that there won't be an update today. All he was <laughs> he said during the 
um, that he's getting around the clock treatment, but that there probably won't be an update until before the game on Tuesday. So perhaps some gamesmanship. I tend to think also, though, even beyond the gamesmanship that's being played, that makes sense why you wouldn't have much of an update today. I think if Butler was in great shape, I think that he would have been like, he would have said something. I, I don't think Butler is doing well. That ankle injury didn't look good when it happened. He didn't look good trying yes. to muscle it out there. I think that a less tough player would not have finished that game. I, I think that Butler showed the kind of heart he has by staying out there on the court, even just to be a decoy. So, yeah, I don't think there's a high chance that he plays. I'll agree with you because it's Jimmy Butler. I'm not going to put it on zero. But I, I think that it's probably, you know, 85% chance he doesn't play. So, and I think that would make sense because you already got the game that you needed. And the Heat have shown that, look, as long as they can get game one, they feel very comfortable going back home. I mean, that Buck series, they won game one, and then they lost like a million points in game two. And it without Giannis playing in that game. And, and we you know that game kind of made you know, a lot of you know NBA fans and observers feel like, okay, well, even without Giannis, maybe the Bucks have kind of righted themselves. And, you know, this is the Bucs team that won a lot of games without Giannis during the season. And, and I think that game two was probably one of the reasons he didn't play game three. They felt confident enough. Like, right, exactly. Giannis an extra day off. So that might, but that might also be in the Heat's thinking, like, oh, we can't take games for granted because you might, yeah. might need it. Um, but, but again, I, I think you know uh, we're talking about game two and just assuming he'll be fine for game three. If the ankle's bad, he might miss and the yep. weekend. You know, like there's no guarantee. Yeah. You know, there's no guarantee he's going to come back. It, it, it's very difficult to predict ankle injuries. Um, and even when he comes back, does he? Does he? You know, that's obviously going to be a major headline talking point for the rest of the Yeah, because I, I really do feel like, and look, I mean, injuries are injuries, and it happened to every team. I, I mean, I hope he's healthy. I mean, I want to yes. see these teams play at the at 100%, so I'm wishing Jimmy Butler well. But, like, if Jimmy Butler is what he was in the end of that game, he had no chance. Yeah. I mean, that 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 to me I think is relatively clear. I don't know, maybe some people would think that they could win without him. I, I don't think so. I think he's, he's carried them. Uh, in these post in this postseason, he was a big part of why they won. Or at least they had the lead in that fourth quarter before he got hurt. And then Lowry and Bam, uh, Gabe Vincent kind of took him to the finish line. I don't think they can have the luxury of saying, "Oh, well, you know, we could survive, you know, the rest of the series without him or him playing, you know, fifty percent." They're going to need him close to one hundred percent. So this is a, a huge storyline. I agree. I don't think he plays. You got to rest him. There's such a long layoff now. Now that we're in the semifinals with these big, uh, you know, you know. Sit on five games, four games before four days before the next game. I don't see any reason to play him. So I think he sits in terms of Nick adjustments, though, because Nick's gonna have to play better regardless of whether or not Jimmy Butler is out there or not. Um, Randall will obviously be an important one, but I think one of the things that I think kind of got lost in the shuffle of that game that they lost on uh Sunday was the Knicks stopped running. I thought the Knicks really got it going, especially in the first quarter, by getting out in transition. And it's kind of like what we saw in the second half of the Cleveland series in game five. It kind of carried over into game one. Obi Toppins running the break, Archibald's running the break. And it's almost like, again, if you're prepared to play against the Knicks against Ju with Julius Randle, then Obi Toppins out there running the floor and they're all of a sudden they're running and gunning. It's like this is an entirely different team than the team he prepared for. I think the Heat kind of were, they were not shook, as you as you said, and I agree. But they kind of were like, oh, this is kind of maybe not what we were expecting. So, I think the Knicks got to get back to that, regardless of Randall plays or not. Like, they got to get some points in transition. This is a very good defensive team. And as we saw, if they want to turn off the paint, they can turn off the paint. They're, they're so good in their principles. They have so many good individual defenders. To think that the Knicks can kind of just ISO their way and one-on-one -on -one their way through beating this team is going to be a tall order. 
because as you saw down the stretch, they just seem to have another level they can get to defensively where it's like, okay, RJ and Brunson, you guys have had your way for three quarters. All right, fourth quarter, no more. So if that's going to happen, they're going to have to find a way to score in other ways. I want to see them get back into the open floor more. And I want to see more minutes from Quentin Grimes. I know he hasn't necessarily rewarded the Knicks with like playing time, given how he's played in this postseason. But the Knicks are going to need shooting. And they cannot afford to just go, you know, stretches and stretches. Of, and there was a stretch where they hadn't made a three in like eight minutes at one point. Like they cannot go those long stretches where they just don't make any shots. They got to get somebody out there who can go out there and shoot. We know Quentin Grimes can get hot and he can make shots. So if they're going to struggle, he needs to play more. He played 10 minutes his first game back to so maybe want to, uh, you know, ease him in. That can't happen anymore. He's got to play his 20 to 25 minutes a night. And especially this could be a good game for him to get his rhythm because if Dream Butler does not play, that'll mean that you don't have this idea of, oh, I got to match Hart's minutes with Grimes with, uh, with Dream Butler. I can, you know, just play how I normally would. So I think that those are some of the key adjustments I would have. But what do you think about some yeah. of the adjustments? Yeah. Have to make? I was definitely going to bring up the Grimes point. And also, Barrett did a relatively good job defending um, Butler as well on, on certain yeah. sessions. And he normally does. Yeah. He does. Um, yeah. You know, I, I thought we'd see primarily, you know, especially when Hart was in the game, he shadowed his minutes in the first half, essentially. But even when Hart, when they both on the floor, um, but uh, uh, Barrett had took some opportunities to, to guard uh, Butler, which I thought was interesting. So that kind of um, – and, and Grimes is also capable of defending Butler yeah. from possessions, um, you know. Um, but, yes, I agree that, um, you know, Grimes has to get more minutes, um, whether that takes a few minutes away from Hart, whether it takes a few few more minutes away from IQ. Um, you got to figure out a way to get him on the floor, especially if Quickly's not hitting shots. Um, I toyed with the idea of, you know, do you have to limit Quickly's minutes? You know, maybe get McBride in there. But, um, mm-hmm. again, the Knicks have done, you know, a good job – Defensively, I don't think you necessarily need to go in that direction, yeah. you know, um, outside of Butler. You know, there's not really, a, you know, a penetrating point guard like Darius Garland type dude um, on Miami. So, uh, you know, I, I think you just have to live and die with quickly. He helped. He, he got you there. Uh, he brought you to the dance by playing, you know, like the sixth man of the year um, through 82 games of the regular season. You kind of just have to hope he snaps out of it. Maybe run some more action to try to get him some open looks. Um, tell him to be more aggressive. Um, but you know, he has been taking a decent amount of shots. He's just not making them. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. But yes, I, I agree. Um, again, make or miss, um, Knicks were, you know, one of the reasons that the heat were comfortable daring the Knicks to shoot from the perimeter is because the Knicks finished 20th in the league in three point percentage, you know, below league average, um, in the regular yep. season, we talked about how badly they've shot in the playoffs. It's, it's a sensible and not, not shocking, you know, considering they're, they're matched up against one of the, the best tactician head coaches in the NBA, um, Spo daring them to beat it, to, to beat them. Um, so there for that reason alone, um, you got to get Grimes in there, um, uh, to your pace point. Um, totally agree, especially when you have, um, Obi in the, in, in the lineup and not Randall. Yeah. Um, and then, but then we got to talk about assuming Randall comes back. Um, you know, that's gonna, that's a factor. You gotta, you know, this, is he rusty? He, you know, we've seen him, you know, play well in his first game back. They played well that first half of game one, um, played well in game five before he got injured. Um, you know, but that's, that's another kind of twist and turn. Um, we'll see how it goes. So, um, so two questions for you. Do you think yeah. Randall plays? What what odds would you put on Randall playing Tuesday night? And would you consider inserting Grimes back into the starting lineup mm. and having Hart come off the bench? Yeah, so on the Randall thing, I think the odds of him playing, I don't know. I don't know if they're as high as other people would say. I think it's more 50-50. I don't think he's hurt. Like I really, I, I think he's one of those guys, Randall has shown that like if he can go, like he plays. He's a durable guy. He's a guy that plays through Knicks and Knacks. 
So the fact that he did not go and he even tried to work out and he still couldn't go, that doesn't leave me feeling well that a, a day later, essentially, you know, one day off and we're back at it, he's ready to go. I, I think that if I had to guess, I would say no. I think that he plays in game three. I think the Jimmy Butler injury, I know you said that, you know, that the Knicks don't have that luxury, and I agree. But right. I think the Jimmy Butler injury, they will take the opposite. They'll think, well, Butler's not playing. We should beat this team without Jimmy Butler. Right. Right. So so if Randall so you- can get a full week now to get right. that ankle ready for some big games in Miami where we're tied 1-1, so you think, let's you think do that. It- you think if the Knicks won game one, he definitely wouldn't play in game two. It was kind of crazy. absolutely not. I don't think there's no way he plays game two if they would have won. Um, I think that the loss makes it more interesting and I think it makes right. it more dire. If Gene Butler was 100 percent I think that he played. But right. I think that things are a little different now, and I think that I don't think that he's right. So I if I had to guess, I'd say no. I don't think they I don't think he's ready. I know uh even the fact that you know Obi Top in the postgame said that he really was not told about what Randall's status was, which I don't think is good. Like to me, if he if he was right, they tell him, oh, you know, he'll be probably good in a day or two, or maybe he'll start today. But you know, you'll be, you know, you're probably back on the bench or for game two. The fact that they didn't even tell him anything, he just learned before the game that he's not going. You're starting. I'm like, man, they really were trying to push it to the very end to see if they could get right. him to play, and he couldn't play. So um, I don't feel great about where Randall is, but I do think they can win game two without him, especially if Jimmy Butler is hobbled or playing, whether he plays or not. I think that they can win this game because I don't think that he's right. And I think – I really think what I saw in the first series is going to kind of, like, inform how the Heat would approach it. Like, they're an older team. They – you know, as we kind of saw with the Warriors, like, you got to – you only got a certain amount of bullets in the chamber when you get to a certain age. And they played a hard, tough game one. And they earned the win. They played better than the Knicks. So, I think that in a game where they they don't have to win, that they're going to go out there and play with that kind of desperation in game two, knowing they're – their star is 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 hurt or hobbled or maybe not even playing. That would that would surprise me. I mean, they're the Heat, so they got we know they got great culture and all that stuff. But I think that the Knicks should be fine. So it's it's gonna, Tuesday will be very interesting. There's a lot of variables that we just won't know until game time, really. Yeah, I would say, um, and I hear a lot of people saying, not just Knicks fans, but kind of national media. This feels like a game two blowout, you know, like a 20-point Knicks win. Yeah. You know, we saw the Bucks win. He probably without Jimmy Butler, the desperate team. They played well all postseason. They played well all year. Um, it's very uncommon for a home team, a uh, higher-seeded team, to lose the first two games of a series. And while all that's true, I just – game two makes me nervous. Um, even if Butler's not missing, the, the Heat would be 100% playing with house money. Um, you know, this is, you know, they literally, you know, it just nobody would expect them. Knicks would probably be double digit favorites in the game um, or, or somewhere around there. Um, and my my concern would be the Knicks would be tight in that spot, knowing that this is the first time this group has played a must win game. Again, they didn't play a game yeah. six against Cleveland. They didn't play a game yeah. seven um, against Cleveland. They, um, they never trailed they, in the series. They, they never basically never trailed the entire series, um, even in any games, you know, after. after right. Yeah. Except for game two. Yeah. You know, um, didn't have any must-win reg- end of regular season games, you know, to qualify for the postseason, anything like that. Where the where the Heat have been playing essentially must-win games for a month now, you know. Yeah, and they lost a lot of. They lost they, a lot of them too. So they, they so they know what it's like to lose. They know what it's like to win. Like they've been through it all. So so that game too worries me. Um, that being said, obviously the Knicks should win. Um, but uh, one thing I will point out. Um, 
Knicks have never in their franchise history have never won a series in which they've lost game one at home. They're zero seven mm. all the time. Um, so uh, you know, take take that for for what it's worth. Um, but uh, yeah, make no mistake about it, Randall or no Randall, Knicks need to show up, play hard, play desperate, and obviously win on Tuesday. Yeah, 2013 Knicks team lost that game one to the Pacers at home uh, at Madison Square Garden. Um, and that led to them losing that series, a series that a lot of people that Knicks should have won. So, yeah, here, here we are again. You know, this is not good for the home team to lose game one. uses a very bad omen, but all it means is you could be a team that makes history. So that's where the Knicks got to approach it. And with the Butler injury, I think this makes this series kind of still very kind of undetermined of how this will go moving forward. So, um, that's 7.30 Tuesday, be there, be square. Let's get to just the kind of overall kind of look at the playoff picture and, and how it relates to the Knicks because the final eight teams are now set in the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference semifinals. Uh, they're officially now fully underway. Um, Monday night, we got Celtics, Sixers in game one. So the other Eastern Conference series gets underway. Uh, Sixers, Senator Joel Embiid listed as, uh, he was listed as doubtful, uh, prior to game one due to a sprained LCL. The Celtics, they clinched their playoff spot in the second round after beating the Hawks Friday night in game six. Meanwhile, in the West, the Nuggets and Suns face off in game two on Monday as well. Denver took game one, big game from Jamal Murray. Lakers and Warriors is the other matchup in the Western Conference. Uh, Lakers demolished the uh, Grizzlies on Friday in game six, sent them uh, home with a 40-point blowout. I was dead wrong about that series. And then Steph Curry breaking the Game 7 record in the NBA with 50 points on Sunday to eliminate the Kings. So I want to keep this from a Knicks perspective, at least to start. Now that we have Sixers Celtics, we know that that's the matchup. I We have no choice but to look ahead because this is the podcast. This is what we got to talk about these conversations. What matchup do you think better fits the Knicks if they were able to move on to front, from Miami between the Celtics and the Sixers? Uh, I think if you're a Knicks fan, you you want a Philadelphia um, just because of the Embiid injury. I think that, um, again, even if he returns, um, it seems unlikely he'll be close to anything close to 100 um, percent for the next month or so. Um, can yeah. the Sixers still beat the Knicks, you know, with Embiid hobbled? Certainly. Um, they, they have plenty of plenty of athletes, plenty of scorers. Um, but, yeah, I just like I prefer to go up against, um, you know, a, a hardened. Doc Rivers combo um, than than uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Um, you know, Knicks have you know it's trouble defending wings. Um, you know, just top to bottom, I think the Celtics are a better team, more disciplined team. Um, so I, I I think I'd prefer that that matchup. Uh, you know, obviously not you know not, not taking anything away from Philly. Um, they yeah. can easily make a run to the finals here. Um, but if I had to choose one of the two, I'd probably say I'd probably prefer to play Philly. I think if this was Philly, one hundred percent healthy. This would be a little closer because I've said for a while now, you know, we've been doing this podcast since December. Like I, the Celtics, I think the Knicks match up way better with the Celtics than people realize. I think because especially after getting Josh Hart, because the Knicks play essentially three wings that can all defend at least two guys defend all the time. RJ can defend when he wants to. And he's starting to play much better defense on the stretch. For, and for some reason, they play very confident against those guys. I don't know if it's like some of these guys have the same trainers or whatever. They just, they just don't seem to be that bothered by Boston. So like, I think this would be a lot closer if Embiid was fully healthy. Now that he's not, and Embiid seems like one of those guys too that when he's hurt, like he doesn't like play well through injury. Yeah. Like we've seen, like almost every playoff he gets hurt, yeah. and he's like a shell of himself. So yeah. 
whether he comes back in the series or not, I'm just not expecting the MVP Joel Embiid. I, I think yeah. you're going to get a guy who's 70% of what he is, 60% of what he is. And we know now, because Philly keeps failing in the playoffs, that is not going to be enough. It's right. never enough. <laughs> when Joel Embiid is dealing with a face injury, a foot injury, a knee injury, whatever it is, it's always something, but it's never enough to get through. So I think if you're the Knicks, if somehow they survive Boston, I feel like you say, look, I'll take my chances with Embiid on a bum knee and figure it out from there. Uh, I think the Knicks have, you know, Mitchell Robinson and, and Hartenstein who can play a lot of minutes on him. And like I've always said about the Sixers and why I thought the Knicks also match up the Sixers well is um, the Sixers don't really overwhelm you with their athleticism. They're going to be very comfortable playing in the half court. They don't overwhelm you with a lot of speed. I think that the Knicks would actually have the athleticism and speed advantage in that series. And I think that that would be something that they could take advantage of. So um, it should be a good series. I think almost regardless of Embiid is fully healthy. I don't think that the Sixers could beat the Celtics without Embiid relatively healthy. But uh, these are two teams that always they always play a great game. So I expect this to be a great series uh, as well. Uh, who are you taking in that series, by the way? Are you taking Philly or Boston? I got Boston. Yeah, like you said, I just, you know, if, even if I think even if Embiid was, you know, fully healthy, I, I'd probably lean towards Boston. But Embiid not being 100%, um, again, I just, you know, faith in Doc Rivers and, and Harden, um, I just, uh, I, I prefer to go with kind of more proven commodity in Boston. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I mean, that this was my preseason NBA champion, Philadelphia 76ers, and I just, I can't, I can't pick them with Embiid having a sprained LCL. That just, I, I just, I don't, I don't feel good about that matchup. So I, I would agree that things going to be Boston coming through. And then when you look at the West, how does the West shake out? I mean, again, I got to give you credit. You were on the Lakers and, and LeBron uh, on a last dance kind of run here. And, and that's what we've seen. They demolished the, the Memphis Grizzlies. And then the, the Warriors of Steph Curry, he has that monster game, uh, game seven, where he scores 50 on the road to knock out the uh, the Kings. And then we've already got, you know, a Western Conference Series has gotten underway with the Nuggets and Suns, and the Nuggets making a statement in game one. How do you see the West shaking out? I see Adam Silver smiling where, where, <laughs> where he is when he goes. Oh, it. yeah. I yeah. mean, just a dream matchup for the league, for the fans. Um, you know, we know the history between Steph and LeBron and two of the 10 greatest players of all time. Um, it's maybe the last time we ever get to uh, – first time it's the with LeBron as a member of the Lakers, but obviously um, we know the history there. Um, maybe the last time we get these two um, all-time legends uh, going head-to-head. Um, man, I, I – I, I, I'm leaning towards uh, Golden State. Um, I just, you know, after watching Steph, you don't want to be a prisoner of the moment, but my goodness, Steph Curry, you know, masterful 50-point performance um, on the road, just an incredible player, you know, just let's let's appreciate Steph Curry, um, you know, while he's still at the peak of his powers, because incredibly he still is. These are two players in their 30s, um, closer 40 than, you know, obviously LeBron included, um, still played yeah. at an incredibly high level. Um, in order for the Lakers to win, they're going to have to dominate their the interior. Um, you know, they're going to need Anthony Davis to be, you know, superstar Anthony Davis. And I just can't trust him in a big spot, whether he gets yeah. injured, whether he disappears for a game or two. Um, if he does, you know, he plays up to his capability, plays up to his talent level, averages, you know, 27 and, you know, 12. Um, certainly the Lakers have a chance. I'm not counting. Never would count out LeBron. Really, you know, they got great contributions um, uh, from their, uh, you know, new additions, the, the, the uh, you know, the, their defensive pieces and Austin Reeves. And, you know, um, yeah. obviously, Rui Hachimura has played at an incredibly high level. Um, got to see that a little bit more to believe it. Um, so I think it's a tough series. Yeah. I think it's a tight series. 
Um, you know, so I, I think, um, you know, I, I think it'll probably go seven um, and, and Warriors have it home court, I think matters, um, you know, in a game seven, even though we saw them lost game six, it looked like that could be the final yeah. game of the Warriors dynasty. Um, so it's enjoyable. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I think it'll be nip and tuck. Um, but I'm going to go with, you know, just uh, Looney's playing at a really high level. Clay Thompson played poorly. They still won game seven. You assume he'll bounce back and uh, play well in the Lakers series. And then, you know, the X factor being Steph, um, I think uh, they could incredibly be making a, a, another run here. I tell you, yeah, I mean, I, this is, first of all, as a Steph Curry fan, as I posted on Twitter, it's like, uh, it's bad enough. I'm, I'm, I'm all invested in this Knicks series. And then I was not rooting for a Steph I can't even deal with that again. It's like, I don't know, maybe LeBron fans, I feel like they could do this all day to like Captain America and the Marvel series. Like they have no problem with the debates and all the all the arguments and all the trash talk. Like, I don't know, man. Like I'm done. I'm too old for this. Like I can't do another Steph versus LeBron series, a Steph versus LeBron debate. Like I, I'm looking forward to it as a basketball fan, not looking forward to it so much as a Steph fan. Though I will say that was quite a showing he did and he showed why. Um, he's the second best point guard of all time. And I don't think that he's that far from number one with the way he's playing right now. Um, just uh, incredible, incredible performance from Steph Curry. Uh, I, I agree. I think I lean Warriors. And I think the, the Looney Davis thing is kind of where I'm looking at. I think Davis is the X factor. And I think what I saw Looney do to Sabonis, mm. it makes me feel like so Davis is better than Sabonis, but Davis ain't tougher than Sabonis. So, so, so I think that Looney and Draymond, that combination, they'll be ready for that challenge. I think it's a great series. I think we go six or seven. And I'll tell you what, I, I know on this show, I had the Suns winning the championship, but I tweeted a couple of weeks ago because I saw what was happening in the first game of that uh, Minnesota series that Denver had. If the Nuggets are getting Jamal Murray, Bubble Murray, they're going to, they're going, they're going to win the West. I, I think that that is a trump card that I don't think, I really was anticipating because he played a whole season, he played really well, but he didn't look like that guy yet. He still he was kind of coming back. I mean, he looks so locked in, so focused, and he looks like a guy that has now translated that game to these playoff atmospheres, this playoff pressure with full crowds, full, you know, everything involved. And if this is the guy they're gonna get. You can't beat that team if they got that kind of point guard play and then Jokic get you 24 and 19. So I think the Suns are in trouble. The Suns are in trouble. They had a they had two really good games from Durant and Booker, and they got blown out. Like they don't have any depth. I think this is a series where Chris Paul is going to have to be more aggressive. They can't just say Durant, Booker, you just score your combined sixty and we'll win, like they did against the Clippers. They need a lot more from Chris Paul if they're going to win this series. I'm with you, EJ. Uh, you know, I I had the Suns going too. I I don't know if I can if I can pick them to beat this this Nuggets team right now. Um, yeah. who, you know, who's the Suns' fourth uh, fifth best player? You know, outside outside the big four, uh, Kogi started. Shamit, maybe. Tory like, Craig, I don't, Andrews, yeah. You know, Tory Craig, maybe. Yeah. I, I don't know. You know, so that whereas yeah. I, I thought somebody had a good point. I saw on Twitter that um, the last time Nuggets were eliminated, Will Barton was second on the team in. Uh, minutes played behind Jokic, you know, and he was, and that, that's a guy that couldn't get minutes for a terrible Wizards team um, the yeah. second half of the season. Um, to me, the, 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 you know, Murray being that guy, and he has been that guy averaging 28, six and five, shooting lights out six of 10 from three. Um, 
You have Gordon to, to come after them defensively. Um, Porter Jr. is going to have a good game. KCP. Um, I love Bruce Brown off the bench. Jeff Green's a, a you know a, a, a solid veteran. Um, the depth that they have, and again. Just to get here, you know, the, the Suns haven't been extended, but they've had to play KD and Booker 40-plus minutes a night. So if this series goes five, six, seven games, um, how yeah. will they respond in that thin air up in Denver in a game five, you know, in Denver in a game seven? Um, so I think I'm, I'm leaning towards um, the Nuggets making a, making a run to the finals here. And I think one of the things that is concerning as well, as you mentioned, those minutes ratcheting it up, as you said, the series is going to get deep. And I think when you saw the series, they were playing big minutes against the Clippers. Yes. And those games, I felt like the Clippers kind of just let them off the hook. Not because they weren't trying their hardest. It's just they didn't have the firepower to match those guys in the fourth quarter. Every game came down essentially to the fourth quarter. And the Suns just had Booker or had Durant. One of those guys, Ooh. most times Booker, where it would just take over. Like, they don't have that luxury anymore where it's like, it doesn't almost matter how bad we play in the fourth quarter. We'll be able to beat these guys. So I don't think we learned a lot about the Suns in that first round. Like I really wanted to see them play a full Clippers team. I think we would have learned more. They were learning more about themselves. Like KD was saying, Hey man, I don't know how you guys are surprised. This is a good ass team. I'm like, I mean, yeah, but like, if you're not surprised at how badly you guys got beat, like that kind of scares me a little bit. Right. Like, are you guys that like unsure of how things are going? Like, I don't know. Like I, I thought you guys were going to win this series. Again, I had you guys win the championship. I mean, you're, just like, you're not surprised you got beat by 18 in game one? Like, I don't know. I was a little alarmed by that comment. So, uh, this doesn't look good. I mean, I'm, you know, it's all, you always overreact at the one game, but I, I'm very concerned about the Suns because they can't coast to three quarters and say, okay, fourth quarter, we're going to just turn it on. This is a team that's going to run them out the gym if that's the case. So, should be fun Western Conference playoffs. Should be a fun Eastern Conference playoffs. And one thing I will say before we get out of here is, as I kind of looked at the bracket now is now set with the final eight teams. It is kind of awesome. To, and I don't want to sound like Woody Johnson here, the Jets owner who was saying it was so great that Odell Beckham, you know, wanted to be a Jet or thought about being a Jet. But like, it is kind of crazy to be like, wow, look at the Knicks and like, look at where they are. And look at the other organizations that are in this final eight, like the Warriors, the Suns, the Nuggets, the Sixers, the Celtics, the Heat. Like these are all organizations that you say, these are well-run organizations, teams that you expect to go in deep runs in the playoffs, teams with, like, MVP candidates. Like, the fact that the Knicks are in this conversation, and it's not like they're a team that's there, like, this crazy underdog. Like, a lot of people are picking Knicks to win this series. Like, the fact that they're even in this mix, I think, says a lot about where this franchise has come in a very short amount of time. 100%, and they're trending in the right direction. They still have all their draft – most of their draft capital. To use. Yeah. Plenty of young players on young contract. That being said – there have been a million instances of teams that thought they were at the start of something really special, um, only for them to, to fall backwards um, in the following year and, and years after. Um, yeah. Knicks don't want to be one of those teams, um, so you have to take advantage of the opportunity in front of you. This is a winnable series against a potentially injured, you know, hobbled opponent um, that the Knicks have to take advantage of. That starts Tuesday night, um, and then you put yourself in the Final Four. Um, and as we know from NCAAs and, and NBA postseasons, anything can happen once you get there. Yeah. Um, but, but you got to get there first. And that starts by winning Tuesday night. Yep. Tuesday's big again, 7.30 at Madison Square Garden. That's going to do it, though, for this edition of Orange and Blue Buzz. Thank you guys so much for checking us out. Tommy, let the people know where they can find you. At Tommy Beer on Twitter. You can find me, EJ underscore Stewart, on Twitter, Action EJ on Instagram and TikTok. Thank you guys again for checking us out. This is On Your Blue Bloods, a New York Knicks podcast, WFAN original. 
Of course, you can catch these episodes wherever you get your podcasts, including the free Odyssey app. Make sure you get the auto-download feature on your streaming service so you get these episodes every time we drop. We drop three times a week. We'll be back uh, Wednesday with a new episode. We'll have a heat guest most likely with us, so that should be really fun. So make sure you check out that episode on Wednesday. Again, make sure you hit the auto-download feature. and Check us out on YouTube. Check us out on the WFAN channel and the Odyssey Sports channel as well. Leave us a comment in the comment section as well. I love reading those. So, uh, yeah, thank you guys again for checking us out. That'll do it for now. Tommy, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace.